This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story, with both the Streets of New Capenna and Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate in the distant past. If by distant past you mean released two months ago or less. We finally have Double Masters 2022 releasing soon. At long last, after the bitter fortnight since Commander Legends had its pre-release, not even its actual release, mind you, but its pre-release, we get previews for another new set. Can you even imagine what the Magic Boomers had to deal with back in the olden days of just four sets a year? What do they do with all that extra time between those sets? Just build decks? Play with cards from the sets? I can hardly guess how tedious it must have been to be able to fully experience a set before the next one dropped. The closest I came was in the Alara block, but even then we had some supplemental products to fill the void. We had dual decks, the premium deck series, some sort of odd $1 six card booster pack that seems to just have disappeared that no one but me remembers. Ah yes, the Wild West of Magic when you played six-shooter pack wars in the wild blue yonder on the back of a siege rhino. Since when does the Wild West have rhinos? Obviously there are rhinos. What would the Wild West be without siege rhinos? Tame the wild stallions, break them to bridle, train them to destroy walls. Every young girl dreams of the day she can tame her very own rhino. Is that what you used to do with the time suck between sets? Oh, I dream of taming Gru's. Well, right now we don't have time for that. With new Commander decks pushed out every main set... As well as with the supplemental sets... There is absolutely no shortage of product anymore. Except for the delayed collector boosters, but we'll get to that a bit later. For now, we'll focus on what Double Masters 2022 will look like with the avalanche of available boosters and such. To begin with, there will be 332 unique cards, including a new land in every draft booster called Cryptic Spires. It's intended to smooth out the mana base for draft decks, and it allows players to pick two mana colors before they build the deck for the land to generate. It gives you clear instructions. That's not very cryptic. But that is a nitpick. Ah! That's not even a pun! It is still bad! Other than cryptic spires, every card in the set will be a reprint. Although, despite the name, many of the cards will have been printed more than once before this. Yes, it's actually the booster packs that have more to do with the name. Draft boosters will contain two rares or mythics and two traditional style foils. Traditional foils, you say? Yes, foils that follow the old traditions of magic, where you bow to your opponent and recite the ritual chants before you begin, dedicating yourself to the service of the weatherlight and swearing opposition to Phyrexia. 
Then set out your ante and ritually cut the opponent's decks using the ceremonial shuffling pedals. Could you please remind me, when did you start playing Magic? The first time? Probably early 2000s, why? Because I believe the other kids may have been messing with you. So you haven't heard the voice of Tiana welcoming you home? Tiana wasn't even around in the early 2000s. She's a newer character. Well, apparently there are multiple types of foils now. The collector boosters for Double Masters will contain five traditional foil commons, two traditional foil uncommons, two non-foil borderless commons and or uncommons, one traditional foil rare or mythic, one non-foil borderless rare or mythic, one etched foil rare or mythic, and either one traditional foil borderless rare or mythic, or a textured foil mythic. With me so far? Uh, no more than usual, no. Oh good, I'm glad you're following along. Uh, moving past that, what exactly is a textured foil? This is a brand new one to me. I genuinely cannot describe it appropriately. Except to say that there is some sort of texture over the art that also somehow follows the art. During the weekly MTG stream where we got the first previews, this was shown off, so we'll try to link it in the show notes. I wonder if they're made with Phyrexian oil. <clears throat> well, it seems interesting, at least. It is also worth noting that unlike nearly every other set over the last couple of years, there will be no set booster for this series, just draft and collector boosters. Yes, the Mono Vortex comes, taking away the terrible false concept of booster fun. Now we only need it to creep forward just a bit more to swallow the collector boosters as well, leaving us with only the draft boosters as Ugin intended! Speaking of swallowing the collector boosters, there will likely be a two-week delay in North America for English language collector boosters, so if you had any intention to purchase some, not you, Kit, then you may need to brace yourself for that. This is normally the part of the show where we'd throw to Diz to give us some of the themes and spoilers, but the start of Double Masters wasn't all we got. There is also the new June Secret Lair Super Drop. And, since we have plenty of Double Masters left to be spoiled, we'll throw to Diz to hear about the Secret Lairs instead. Diz? Thank you, Jank. As with all the other Super Drops we've seen over time, the June one is absolutely loaded with talented artists and unique interpretations. First up, we have an artist series from Volkan Baga. Volkan brings an incredible talent to the new printings of Elspeth, Knight Errant, Patron Wizard, Berserk, and Verdurin Enchantress. Two interesting things about this artist series. This drop will push Vulcan's total magic art count over 200! And these will be the first ever English name cards with all German flavor text. Which is a fitting tribute to the 200 card milestone, so congratulations to this remarkable artist. Speaking of remarkable artists, the next artist series has four cards all by the incomparable Chris Ron. Chris brings us new versions of Primeval Titan, Huntmaster of the Fells, Ravager of the Fells, Platinum Angel, and Kozilek the Great Distortion. The astute listener will note that I named five cards despite saying that this layer contains four, which of course is because Huntmaster and Ravager are two sides of the same card. The third drop is yet another artist series, this time by the phenomenal Olivia Prima. 
Not only did she team up with her husband to write the flavor text on these cards, but she brought her unique use of color to Acroma, Angel of Wrath, Micaeus the Unhallowed, Glissa Sunseeker, and Olivia Mobilize for War. That's our last artist series, but by no means is it our last layer. The Tokyo Lands layer has one of each basic land portraying a real-world location in Tokyo, Japan in a full art frame. In addition, each of these lands will have all text and the card name and type lines in Japanese. You know, I've always wanted to go to Japan, and these lands might just be the closest I'll ever actually get. Not going to go once the Phyrexian Plague passes us by. Are you kidding? International travel in this economy? That's an excellent point, but not as excellent as the artwork on this next layer. The Rule the Room drop has four iconic commanders and a style reminiscent of storybook artwork by Peter Diamond, Arcanus the Omnipotent, Queen Marquesa, Ramaz, King of Oreskos, and Savra, Queen of the Golgari, all make an appearance here, ready to rule the table as well as the room. Arcanus isn't a monarch. Though in fairness, you don't have to actually be a monarch to rule. I'll let them get away with it this time. Our final layer is one that features a special guest artist, Gelgos Loops. This Australian artist was able to bring us four new borderless masterpieces that would make any Simic player's heart happy. Kelgos Loops worked up a new art for Mystic Remora, Retreat to Coralhelm, Burgeoning, and Utopia Sprawl. Each of these layers are available in foil and non-foil, and this super drop will be open for pre-order until July 11th. Kit? Thank you, Diz. That takes us up to the break, and when we come back, we have a result in the Hasbro shareholder fight, the return of a community favorite streamer event, and more! Capella, the city that never stops growing up. No, literally, we can't go sideways or down because of the walls. Anyways, sometimes you need to expand your home or office, and there's only one family-owned business that can do it. Mr. Ofeo's riveting constructionism. Need a fifth floor for that new baby room? Need a 15th floor for the new office mates? We can help you ascend to the next level of comfort and class, all with signature charm. We got great crews, so avoid the blues. Mr. Ofeo's riveting constructivism. We got great crews, so you avoid the blues. Welcome back! Several times over the last few months, we've mentioned the fact that a rogue faction of Hasbro shareholders has been pushing for Wizards of the Coast to be made effectively independent. This faction, a hedge fund group named AltaFox, attempted to further this agenda by adding people who share their concerns for the branch to the Hasbro Board of Directors. This push came to a head at the shareholder meeting held June 8th, where a deciding vote was held. And the decision of that vote was overwhelmingly in favor of keeping the exact same 13 directors on the board, beating back AltaFox's attempted challenge. While only possessing 2.5% of Hasbro's overall share, AltaFox has been making waves all this fiscal year, initially naming five people they wanted on the board, but narrowing it down to just one top candidate right before the vote. 
Also, Fox pushed so hard for this change because they believe Hasbro is not doing all they can for the Wizards of the Coast Vision, and that a spinoff into an independent branch would increase both Watsi and Hasbro's overall share value. It would seem that the voters did not agree, but it's possible this won't be the last we hear of Alta Fox and their attempts to free Watsi from the shackles of Hasbro's corporate menace. Though if they don't run their next campaign better, this won't be the last we see of this result either. Our next story, the online magic community, not to be confused with the magic online community, was saddened when the announcement was made that early access events were no longer going to be happening. Both viewers and streamers were very disheartened as there was no downside for anyone at all. During these events, we began to see what we hoped was a return to these events with Streets of New Capenna, but at the time, no clear answer was given. This is why we can't have nice things. Or can we? Early access events will be returning on July 5th and running for 24 hours, giving viewers their first glimpse of the upcoming Alchemy Horizons Battle for Baldur's Gate set in action. The full lineup of early access streamers and content creators has not yet been announced. But if you are interested in joining those illustrious ranks, contact your local wizard's email account or social media account to apply. The complete list of these social medias and emails can be found in the June 15th Arena announcement page on the Mothership. Our next story. Loading Ready Run has long been one of the biggest names affiliated with magic content. They host numerous magic-themed podcasts and Twitch streams, and have been special guests for events many times over the years. Not to mention all of the charity events and guest streams they do for others, just because. Exactly. Well, apparently they decided they weren't quite busy enough, because they've added a new Commander gameplay show to the lineup. Elder Dragon Social Club. This monthly program will have a rotating cast of the Lur Magic players and focuses more heavily on the social aspect of playing Commander. Commander has a social aspect? Well, if you'd play with us sometime, you'd see that the conversation and the time spent with one another is a huge part of the gameplay experience. I'm working on it! I've heard that before, Kit. And you'll probably hear it again. Try watching the new LRR series and maybe you'll be more enthused about joining us. You say that like I'm not enthused now. June 18th and 19th, we were given the experience of the Magic Online Showcase Championship and here to tell us what kind of spell slinging went down is ISO. ISO? Thank you, Kit. The Season 1 Magic Online 2022 Championship is wrapped up with the modern format being the playstyle of choice. William Kruger won the tournament by piloting a Titan Scapeshift deck, but the field was stacked with powerful decks. The most popular deck in the tournament was Yorion Elementals, played by half the field. Nicholas Proventure, Marcus Leicht, Andre Klepich, and Zach Dunn. One more Titan Shift deck joined in the fun, piloted by Stefan Schutz. The last two players, Tom White and Soichiro Kohara, each played a Grixis Death Shadow build. Will won the day, but he was closely followed by runner-up Tom White and third-place winner Stefan Schutz. 
Next major event on the schedule for now is the Qualifier Weekend in July, but the schedule is always adapting and is currently packed with conventions and command fests. Jank? Thank you, ISO. This brings us right up to our second break, and when we come back, we'll have a very special conversation with Beth, Queen of Cardboard, and more. Hey, yo. Are you finding yourself one to be like Jexus, the troublemaker? Well, you can. Come on down. To you come on down to Zeator's Proving Ground. Sign-up sheets are by the Halo Fountain. Which, for all you cops out there, it's totally not a Halo Fountain. But come on down, and you can get some of the best tutelage with the best beatdowns to become yourself. Like Jaxus the Troublemaker became themselves. You want to cause some trouble? You want to make some trouble? Do you want to be you, the troublemaker? Well, come on down to Zeator's Proving Ground, where you can learn from the best how to beat down at the Proving Ground. Welcome back, one and all. One of the great pleasures we here at WNXS News get is talking about all the positive aspects of the community, from the recent four clown throwdown, which raised a total of just under $3,000 in four hours, to the mental health charity in May, or Desert Bus for Hope, talking about the ways the gathering comes together helps offset all the negative stories we've had to tell. And we all know there's been exactly no shortage of those. Luckily, this episode we managed to avoid having any of them and instead are able to focus on a person and group that fully prioritize positivity. Beth, Queen of Cardboard, has built a reputation as one of the kindest souls in the game, and she founded a community with the sole intent of spreading those same positive vibes. She gave some of her valuable time to us for an interview. And I am here with Beth, the Queen of Cardboard. Beth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I always uh, like getting asked to do these things. I almost like doing podcasts more than I like playing Magic because I get to talk to great people. Um, well, I'm, I mean, you're talking to me, so I don't know if this will ruin the great people thing or not. <laughs> no, uh, no negative self-talk. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so for any of our listeners who are not yet familiar with you, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do regarding magic? I, uh, I'm just a girl with some cards. um so what i do is i stream edh uh monday and tuesday nights no monday and wednesday nights yep that's right and (laughs) i've just started calling it charity and chaos um i have guests come on every month i pick a new charity to support all month long i have guests from all over the community come in and we play edh and then my viewers get to cause chaos 
using channel points so they can affect our gameplay and make us do all kinds of things that we may or may not want to do. And then they can also <laughs> donate to charity to get their channel points back and cause even more chaos. Uh, Mr. Bevers actually has a similar function in his chat that he uses for charity when he does those as well. Uh yeah, I got the idea of chaos in chat from Tap That MTG, um, wow. and which are two lovely ladies that have the, a very similar vibe where they have chaos chat. That was the first person, people that I ever played with that did that. And I really enjoyed it. And I so I implemented it in my stream. And then I was on Mr. Bever's stream and I loved what he was doing. So I changed a little bit more. And now what we have, what we have today, which is just utter, complete and utter chaos. Uh, you're also, I don't know if founder is the right word, uh, part of, or maybe the founder of a community known as the Community of Cardboard. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so I think founder is probably the right word. And the idea for the Community of Cardboard was something that I had been throwing around because I play magic with countless people. At this point, I can't, I don't even know all of the people that I've played magic with in the last <laughs> 10 months. But I do know that there was a very small group of people who I wanted to play magic with again and again and again, just because they were just amazing people to talk to, to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And I I consider them very close friends now. Um, and that includes uh, Corey from that TCG guy, uh, Elvin from Dad Jokes and Cardboard, Donnie and Jen, Matt from Southernmost DM, uh, Grubblethorn. Just there's so many small creators out there that it's really easy for them all to get swallowed up and ne you would never know about them or never see them. And I experienced that in other areas on stream in streaming and content creation. And I really felt like it was such a shame that people who deserve to have a voice weren't able to get one in any way. And that is not only really frustrating, but so, so sad. So I wanted somewhere where people who had their heart in the right places and were willing to follow a code of conduct had a voice. And that's really the only rule that we have in the community of cardboard is that you follow a code of conduct and you might have to cut this next part because I'm going to say a bad <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> the basic of it was to not be a dick. Okay. <laughs> like don't be a dick. But, <laughs> but we I found out, but like what I was seeing were these big names in magic back to back to back having these problems arise and they've got this backing from all these people and then they awkwardly have to say oh my bad i never knew them i didn't know they were a terrible person and what i wanted with the community cardboard is to limit that as much as possible because the, in theory we'll get big and huge and there'll be a lot of people there but the people that we choose to lift up are those who have put themselves and signed this code of conduct and said mm -hmm. that, you know what, I believe in equality. I believe that people deserve to be treated like human beings and have equal rights. And 
all of these things and I will make my my space a safe space on the internet because also <laughs> being on the <laughs> internet especially for certain types of people is a mm. terrible place mm-hmm. and I wanted to try to carve out some corner of it that was safe and good and happy uh, you're also I don't know if founder is the right word, uh, part of, or maybe the founder of a community known as the community of cardboard. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So I think founder is probably the right word. And the idea for the community of cardboard was something that I had been throwing around because I play magic with countless people at this point. I can't, I don't even know all of the people that I've played magic with in the last 10 (laughs) months. But I do know that there was a very small group of people who I wanted to play magic with again and again and again, just because they were just amazing people to talk to, to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And I, I consider them very close friends now. Um, And that includes uh, Corey from that TCG guy, uh, Elvin from dad jokes and cardboard, Donnie and Jen, Matt from Southernmost DM, uh Grubblethorn, just there's so many small creators out there that it's really easy for them all to get swallowed up and ne- you would never know about them or never see them. And I experienced that in other areas on stream in streaming and content creation. And I really felt like it was such a shame that people who deserve to have a voice weren't able to get one in any way and that is not only really frustrating but so so sad so i wanted somewhere where people who had their heart in the right places and were willing to follow a code of conduct had a voice and that's really the only rule that we have in the community of cardboard is that you follow code of conduct and you might have to cut this next part because I'm going to say a bad <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> the basic of it was to not be a dick. Okay. <laughs> like, don't be a dick. But, <laughs> but we- I found out, but like what I was seeing were these big names in magic back to back to back having these problems arise and they've got this backing from all these people. And then they awkwardly have to say, oh, my bad. I never knew them. I didn't know they were a terrible person. And what I wanted with a community cardboard is to limit that as much as possible because the, in theory, we'll get big and huge and there'll be a lot of people there. But the people that we choose to lift up are those who have put themselves and signed this code of conduct and said mm-hmm. that, you know what, I believe in equality. I believe that people deserve to be treated like human beings and have equal rights and all of these things. And I will make my, my space a safe space on the internet because also (laughs) being on the (laughs) internet, especially for certain types of people is a terrible place. (laughs) And I wanted to try to carve out some corner of it that was safe and good and happy. The full interview can be found at mtgnexus.com. Our final story. 
Next year is the 30th anniversary of this great game that brings us together. And since Wizards doesn't do milestones halfway, they're throwing a huge party for themselves this October in Vegas. Of course, it's on the West Coast. Why would it ever be on this coast where it'd be easier for people like you and me to attend? <clears throat> anyway... October 28th through 30th, you can join major magic personas like Mark Rosewater, Richard Garfield, Olivia Gobert Hicks, and many, many more to celebrate the game's massive achievement. There will be panels, parties, the World Championship, and a host of other events that will be more fully fleshed out as we get closer to the event. Keep an eye on the magic.gg website for more details if you want them before we can get them to you. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.